The first four episodes this season have been our mini-series on productivity. This episode, though, is a little different. This week, I take a back seat while Chris interviews a special guest, Sasha, a longtime friend of Chris's and a leading voice on some of the issues we've spoken about before, hiring, recruiting and looking after staff. It's a really interesting discussion with lots of great info for founders. We'll be back with our usual style of episode next week. But for now, over to Chris. From Impact and Fixed Spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, Chris Lees. Okay, cool. So today we are joined by a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Sasha Jeepalan. He's come down from Aberdeen specially for this podcast. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. Uh, he's got his own uh, recruitment company called Grace Made People up in uh, Aberdeen. And we thought there would be a great opportunity uh, to talk all about, you know, recruitment and, and the employment landscape in the post-pandemic world. So, Sasha, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. No, it's great to be here and great to be back down south. So, um... We've all lived through this rather traumatic uh, couple of years. You know, the working world has changed, employment has changed, and employees now kind of have quite different expectations. I want to just kind of kick it off there, thinking about the experience of matching candidates with jobs uh, before and after the pandemic. Like, how has that changed? How, what does it look like now? Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. The world is different. And uh, I think what we're seeing Candidates are looking for different things to what they were looking for before. Clients, their requirements have changed. So, yeah, I think it's really important to just reassess and look what's happening out there in the industry at the moment. And uh, I think it's really important that companies just really get to know their staff and see how they're doing. But when they're looking to recruit, be aware that candidates are now looking for different things to what they were looking for before. So yeah, I 100% agree that the market is different to what it was pre-pandemic. So you, you talked about uh, candidates wanting something different, right? And and so I run a, a largely remote business. David's also got a, a remote business. So we're kind of used to the selling fringe benefits of, of having a remote business, like you know, working from home and flexibility to you know accommodate home life around working life, things like that. Um, it, it seems to me as if in this post-pandemic world, that's become common now. Um, and so many of the sort of the perks, if you like, have diminished in value. Is that what you're seeing as well? Like candidates want a better work-life balance? Yeah, yeah. I think generally that's the case. It's not always the case. But generally, we're seeing that their candidates are asking different questions. I mean, the whole working from home requirement that we've seen take place has, has shifted things. So candidates are looking for more than just a salary. So it's important as employers, you're aware of that and you align to that. So you get what, what one thing we're trying to do at the moment, Chris, is, is sit down with our clients and just find out what their values are. That's really important. Not focusing so much on your salary and benefits and pensions. They are key elements, but they're not the factors that encourage staff members to stay long term. So what, what would you consider to be a good tenure for, a, for an M? employee in any given company and, and does it vary actually by the type of work that they're employed in yeah it really does it varies the sector 
and also the level that that member of staff's in. What I'm seeing, actually looking at a three-year period as a tenure, as a, a successful tenure for a member of staff, is, is reasonable. Ideally, we'd love a member of staff to be with us, you know, from beginning to end, but we've got to look at things realistically. Their values may change, what's important to them may change, and it might move out of range in relation to what you offer. So it's, it's just having that flexibility, but uh, just the ability to try and um, understand what the ideal candidate is looking for. That's really important. Right. And so, you know, I've experienced that firsthand, particularly during the pandemic, where I had a, a couple of my team leave for various different reasons. But it's very much about the point in their lives that they're at. One of the guys left because he had a new child and he wanted to spend more time at home looking after looking after her, which is absolutely great. Um, how do you so as a, as a small business owner, though, you it's a huge leap of faith to take on any employee. Right. How do you balance the needs of sort of getting the most from a business perspective with also, you know, treating your employees well, understanding that their life situation may change? So how do you have any sort of advice for, for dealing with that, containing your rage, essentially, when they leave? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I, I can fully understand that. And, and it's it's a growing pain, Chris. It's there's no way around that. The key is to do anything you can to eliminate the friction really try and make it as smooth as possible so the interview process needs to be well structured you need to be exploring those those areas we just talked about but you've got to also see will this person align with our values as a business will they grow will we offer them elements that will enable them to grow you've just got to make sure that you test these areas in that interview process that both the technical and the softer elements as well and those softer elements are just as important so you need to make sure you get the right people in as soon as you can and how, like how do you how do you do that you know you, you go through some interview processes and you realize that actually during the interview process itself they're incentivized to tell you whatever you want to hear right maybe i'm being very unfair when i say that but you know the the objective of any candidate is to get the job how do you how do you kind of sift through that or see through that a little bit more and really test those 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 values? It's really important that when you're looking at um, asking questions, you're, you're really delving deeper, looking for examples. So competence based interviewing techniques have been going for a number of years, and the reason they're used is because they are successful. Um, but also doing your due diligence. Are you taking up references? Are you l- looking into the candidates? Um, background as much as you can you know just trying to find out asking questions where you'll get a real feel for who this person is will they fit in and key thing i'm seeing this more and more as companies do we live and breathe our values so i'm again i'm going to challenge you on this because it's it's rare that i get to challenge a recruiter in this way and i'm, I'm enjoying it just to the the same way that a, a candidate might be able to pay lip service to their values it might also be the case that a lot of other companies could just be paying lip service to what they believe that their values are, what they think that other people want to hear. If you truly do believe in some key corporate values, which most people do, how do you as a company demonstrate that to potential uh, employees? No, that's a really good question, Chris. And and one thing we got to always remember is an interview is a two-way thing. So from the candidate side, you want to make sure that 
This isn't just lip service. So you're just getting a real feel for what's happening behind the scenes, what's happening if you scratch a bit below the surface. Just looking, ask about what's the, you know, what's the retention within the business? How often are they, what's the reason this position has come live? Has someone moved on? You know, you'll be able to get a feel if you're able to get into the office for hopefully one stage of the interview, you'll be able to pick up a feel for the culture. Now, that's something that's been trickier. We've seen as more and more interviews are now taking over, taking place via Zoom or or Teams is actually getting into the office and getting a feel for that culture. But it's really important. So even if you're able to get in for a coffee, I'd encourage you to do that. So I'm not I'm not counteracting these these statements. They're bugbears I have, but it's also something I've got to look at with my business. Am I just putting values on the website or am I living them? And that's something we're trying to do. Whenever we have an issue, we try and bring it back to our values. So I think that's that's worth kind of delving into to make sure that you, you're following your own advice. Talk to us a little bit about like what are your values? Why is that so important and um, how do you hire for your own business? I can tell you as a recruiter, um, working in recruitment, it's we don't find it significantly that much easier finding people for our business because it is a personal thing. So you've got to hit those, the technical requirements, but we need someone that will fit culturally. For us, our values are we work precisely. So with our clients on our candidates and the people that we work with, we want to make sure we are providing the needs that are required and a way we do that is making sure we listen. If you're dealing with a recruitment company that's talking more than they listen, that's a bit of an alarm bell. So it's important we listen to our clients and our candidates. Another value we have is being empathetic, you know, and that comes from experience. Most of the people that are part of the business have done other careers before they come into recruitment. It just gives them a bit more of a dimension and just also experiencing failure. We've done that as, as a company individually. We've, we've experienced failure. We've, we've gone through challenges. So just being able to empathize is really important. And our final value is being passionate. A big part of our business is bringing energy and passion to what we do and the way we help others. So, and that's, that's incorporated with having processes that allow that. So um, no, we, we 100% believe in our values, but we are conscious that we need to breathe this and it's not just a tick box thing. And, and so if you're, if you're spending your time looking for candidates which match the values articulated by the, the companies that you're working on behalf of, I'd imagine that that kind of that, that slows down the general recruitment cycle, right? Is in terms of, you know, a value-based recruitment cycle. Do you find it slower almost to go through that recruitment process? And, and if so, why, why is that a good thing? It's a really good thing. One, one thing we say in certain parts of the process, we slow it down. So it's important the first stage when we meet with our clients, we take our time, we understand what they're looking for, what their values are. Really important. When we send candidates forward, our aim is to keep it within four. But what, like I said, not every company will buy into this. So we have to work with certain companies and clients. Uh, we can't work with everyone. Okay, so so one of the more challenging questions, I know David's asked me this question uh, before, is who does the recruiter actually work for? Are you working for the behalf of the employee? Are you working on behalf of the employer? So, you know, the point you've, you've 
sort of brought up there is probably the point that has um, given the industry a bit of a challenging name. For me, we work for all parties. So we work for the candidate and the client. Our candidates become our clients. You know, we've been working with some of our clients for nearly over six years now. Yeah, you're right, people can say one thing or another, but it's just how well you follow that process. And are you dealing with people in the right way? All right, so uh, apart from yourself, of course, what are the qualities that people should be looking for in recruiters, I guess? Yeah, listen, I've been in the situation where I've been a candidate, a client, and now I'm a business owner in, in the recruitment industry. So I've experienced it from all angles as a candidate, I had recruitment, a, a recruitment company I felt really comfortable with and I stuck to them. And as a client, exactly the same. So, and you'll get a general feel. For me, it's, are they listening? Am I getting a good service? Have I got a point of contact which I'm comfortable with? And also, does the values for this recruitment company fit closely into the values of my organization? So it's, it's really about developing a long-term relationship then with, with a recruiter, right? Definitely. And that's the most enjoyable part of the business. For us, if we're doing things well, our, the relationship tends to go on and on. And hopefully that continues. But the thing is, you, can, you never relax. You've always got to be alert to anything that's changing, any requirements that have changed, but also ensuring that we're providing that quality service. Mm. So uh, one more question, just going back to the idea of, of values. If, if you've got a, a startup company and it hasn't quite figured out its own values yet, how do they start working out what their values are? I'd sit down. I mean, if it's a business owner, what's, what's important to him? You know, what's important to him or her as a business owner? And that's a great place to start because as, if you move away from that, then you're struggling. You know, it's very rare to for someone to have business values that are very different to their personal values. The elements where we see recruitment working really well is where the values link up together. All right. And so, so kind of related to that, what if you are in a desperately boring area? For example, you run a software company that helps financial services firms connect to each other via APIs. Just off the top of my head example, how would you recommend kind of going around and trying to get people excited about that vision, about participating in that sort of company? I think, I think what you've described, and I know that company well, is it's a, a very exciting opportunity, you know. You, whoever you take on board, they'll come on board and be a key part of that business. They're not going to be a number. I know the culture you've created, which is productive, yet relaxed at the same time. That's the difference. You know, I've got to know you and your business, and I can describe that to a candidate. And it's just seeing those benefits there. You might see them as challenges. And I know when you go through challenging periods of um, growing a business, there will be challenges. Mm. You know, candidates will or members of staff will leave earlier than you, you'd hoped. That's natural. And it's just being able to realize that's not personal. That's just it's the way business goes, I think, you know. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the, the points you've touched on here are actually really, really important, right? It's about creating a culture and environment for those employees to thrive, to understand that they're at a different point in their uh, their own personal lives, right? But in terms of what's important to them at that moment in time, is it about having a team? Is it about getting experience? Is it about, you know, earning money because you've got a family to support? All of those things are actually fluid. 
And so over time, we we should just understand our employees, understand what they're going through and empathize in many ways about what's important for them. If they decide to leave because one of those other things changes, then that's not necessarily a, a bad reflection on you as an employer. It just means that something else has changed. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's important that we understand what you're going through. You know, you've got me as a contact and any one of the team will understand also where you are as a business. But it's just making sure that, yeah, people's motivators change. We've seen so much change recently. You know, the whole uh, dynamic where we've seen a big movement of working from home. We've seen that really been beneficial. You know, a big thing that, that's played on my mind over the years has been how working parents have really struggled to get back into work when they're juggling the school pick up or the drop off but we've seen an opportunity now for these individuals to actually come in and um, get back in to key positions and not have to actually have to give away stop their careers but the flip side of that you know we've seen graduates actually struggle a bit in this environment they've started their first job where they're working from home they're opening the laptop and not f- they're struggling to feel that connection you know yeah. so it's really important we we tailor uh, as as agencies, what we're what we're doing, we're we're partnering with a few of our clients and helping them sort of just go through that process of of just taking advantage of this situation, and because it is a it's a really good opportunity. Absolutely. So, uh, a couple more things just to wrap it up. What type of client do you ideally like to to work with? Well, we we love working with growing companies. Anyone that uh, is prepared to listen to the way we work and allows us to get a feel for their culture. That's really key. So they're, they're the companies we really partner with successfully. So yeah, any clients that are, you know, that are looking to grow, grow their team, but want to do it successfully, but are prepared to put a bit, a bit of time in at the beginning to have a conversation and really we can sit down with them and really get a feel for what will work long term. And you're, even though you are based in Aberdeen, you work throughout the UK, right? That's correct. Yeah, we cover Scotland, but also as far down London and Birmingham as well. I love that theme of, you know, do, doing uh, recruitment a little bit differently from the way that it's been done before to reflect these new times and get a better outcome. I think that's brilliant. So uh, final thing to wrap up, if there's any companies out there who are listening to this who think, oh, I really want a great recruiter. I like what this guy Sasha is saying. How can they get in touch? Well, they can come, just email us direct. My, my email is sasha at gracemaypeople.com. Our website is uh, gracemaypeople.com. I'm really happy to just have an initial conversation with, with any clients or any, you know, IT candidates out there that's struggling at the moment. So um, both, both elements, we're really happy to help. Sasha, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been a really interesting uh, chat. Absolute pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having us. It's good to be down and seeing you again. Okay, so that's it for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have any suggestions or about topics that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, please email them into us at podcast at impactbiz, that's biz.co.uk, or send us um, a message on Twitter or anything like that. It's Founders Anon Pod. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You'll find it on all of the major um, podcasting channels like Spotify and Apple Music. Um, that's it for this week. Thank you again to Sasha. Um, Hope to see everybody again next week.
That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Fans Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production.